Amen. I uh, I do want to take a second to greet those that are that are watching online that are still at home. Um, welcome. It's great to have you here with us. Um, and we understand that there's a reason why you're you're most likely that you're watching from home, and it could be that that there's a medical vulnerability, and that um, just because of where we live in this COVID age, um, that you don't want to get sick, and so. Uh, and then the, we also know that there's folks watching in other regions, and so you can't make a three-hour drive to get to church. Um, I mean, you could, but you'd have to leave real early, real early, so we get it. You know, we're glad you're tuned in. Um, and for those of you that are here, it is so good to see you guys. Love you guys. Um, uh, I look forward to pointing you to Jesus today. Um, God, I want to start off with a question as I start off this message. Um, what is a sound biblical theology for church growth, for church health, and for church maturity? Answer, we grow healthy, mature, and growing people in this church. That our efforts are towards growing us up into spiritual maturity, into spiritual health into growth, into hunger. And, and we believe that that is the answer to that question. So what are the ways that we do this? Well, if I even started listing part of the ways, just a handful of the ways, this would be a long series and not just a, a one-off message. So today I'm going to focus and address on one of those areas that we do this. Deacons. So I want to I want to look in Scripture at uh, three instances um, of of deacons in Scripture in the New Testament and the Old Testament. So how were the first deacons in the New Testament appointed? So let's look at Acts chapter six, and we're going to take a look at this. And yes, the the story we're about to read these were indeed deacons, even though uh, in Scripture um, it doesn't use the title of that function. But when we look at that Greek word um, and we look at the function that they were set into and the need that existed, we see that indeed um, this is the Lord's uh, response to a need. So um, let's turn to Acts chapter 6. And I'm going to read verses 3 through 7. Acts chapter 6, verse 3. Therefore, brothers... Pick out from among you several men of good repute, full of the spirit and of wisdom, whom we will appoint to this duty. But we will devote ourselves to prayer and to the ministry of the word. These are the apostles speaking. They say, we're going to dedicate ourselves to prayer and to the ministry of the word. And what they said pleased the whole gathering. And they chose Stephen, a man full of faith, and of the Holy Spirit, and Philip, and Prochorus, and Nicanor, and Timon, and Parmenas, and Nicholas, a proselyte of Antioch. These they set before the apostles, and they prayed and laid their hands on them, and the word of God continued to increase. And the number of the disciples multiplied greatly in Jerusalem, and a great many of the priests became obedient to the faith. 
I want you guys to see that the result of, of trusting the Lord and choosing from among us, I love that. It's not choosing some mercenaries from outside this building. It's not calling in, you know, somebody who's not familiar with this church community and the relationships and the lives. It's not calling in a, you know, a relief pitcher from outside. It's choose from among us men and women, people, leaders who are full of the Spirit, who are full of wisdom. And the result is growth. So I want to bring your attention to a pattern that we're going to see three times in Scripture. And our God is a God of order. And it's really, it's really unique to me that in this we're going to see a pattern. In, this we're going to, in these three Scriptures, passages I'm going to read, um, this one in the New Testament and two from the Old, we see a pattern. Now that's interesting to me, but when we look at the works of Jesus and the ways that he heals people, we don't see a pattern. We see every time it being a unique Random thing, and I think that's because um, the Lord knows that there's that we're, we're creatures of habit, and if there was a pattern in getting healed, we would try and do that pattern every time instead of running to Jesus every time. But in Scripture, we're going to see this unique pattern, and and here's what the pattern is: a problem, a solution, a result. Problem, solution, result. Problem. Solution, result. What was the problem here in in the book of Acts? There were relational issues that that were that were being stirred up, and that resulted in the fact that that widows were being treated differently. That division was arising. That tension was arising. That that uh, harmony was being tore apart, and that the apostles. We're being spread thin. The apostles, they, they were in need of help. That was the problem. The solution, pick and choose from those among you. Pick and choose from those among you. And the Lord said, you're going to lay hands on them and I'm going to anoint them. I'm going to, uh, as you give them authority, I'm going to honor that and I'm going to give them anointing to carry this burden with you. And the result, the result, the result is key because sometimes there's a lot of solutions and sometimes they don't work. But here in Scripture we see a result. And the result was a healthy church. A stronger church and multiplication in the church. We saw people outside the church fellowship being saved. Problem, a solution, a result. Let's turn to Exodus 18. And if you want to go ahead and and if you can multitask. So ladies, you turn to uh, Exodus 18 and to Numbers 11. Men, God bless you. You just try. Just, just try hard. I know multitasking isn't always our thing. Exodus 18, Numbers 11. And we're going to look at another similar situation, this time in the Old Testament. So I'm going to read Exodus 18, 14 through 26. It, it's, it's a chunk. So we have the scripture here on the screen so um, you can follow along. Um, when Moses' father-in-law, this is verse 14 of Exodus 18, when Moses' father-in-law saw all 
that he was doing for the people, the father-in-law said, what is this that you are doing for the people? Why do you, why do you sit alone and all the people stand around you from morning till evening? And Moses said to his father-in-law, because the people come to me to inquire of God. And when they have a dispute, they come to me and I decide between one person and another and I make them know the statutes of God and laws. And I, and Moses' father-in-law said to him, what you're doing is not good. You and the people with you will certainly wear yourselves out for the thing is too heavy for you. You are not able to do it alone. Now obey my voice. Southern translation, listen to me, son. Listen to me, boy. I will give you advice and God be with you. You shall represent the people before God and bring their cases to God and you shall warn them about the statues and the laws and make them know the way in which they must walk and what to do. So he's like, you're going to point them to Christ. You're going to remind them of, of scripture. You're going to, you know, point them to what the word of God says. He's like, you're still going to do that. They're going to still come to you and you're still going to do that, right? And then he says, uh, so, uh, and you shall warn them about the statutes and the laws and make them know the way in which they must walk and what they must do. Moreover, look for able men from all the people, men who fear God, who honor God, who revere God, and who are trustworthy and hate a bribe. So people with character, people with integrity, and place such men over the people as chiefs or captains, as leaders of thousands, of hundreds, of fifties, and of tens. And let them judge the people at all times. Let them make these rulings. Let them make these decisions. You do what, what God set before you to do. Don't be distracted. Choose honorable leaders and let them Deal with the stuff they can deal with. You don't have to deal with everything, Moses. That's what the father-in-law is saying. Every great matter, every great matter, every great matter. How many of you guys know every matter that you think you got to bring to the pastor isn't a great matter? Everything that you think you got to bring to the pastor, you don't necessarily have to bring to the pastor. As a matter of fact, let me go ahead and give us, talk about, about like model and structure. Before you ever bring anything to an elder, who's the first person you should bring it to? God. I'll go so far as to say, my first question, if you bring something to me, I'm going to say, hey, have you gone to the Lord with this? And if you say no, or if you pause, which means no, then I'm going to say, go to the Lord. And then after you've gone to the Lord, see what he says. And, and maybe you'll come back to me or maybe you won't. But just go to the Lord first. If you do this, uh, let me back up. Every great matter they shall bring to you, but any small matter they shall decide themselves. So it will be easier for you. So they will bear the burden with you. I love that. If you do this, God will direct you. And you will be able to endure what does he mean you'll be able to endure? You're not going to burn out. You're not going to lose your mind. You're, you're, you're not going to lose hope. You'll be able to endure. And all this people 
also will go to their place in peace. It's a win-win. Uh, it's a win-win in scripture. That was my interjection. It's a win-win. So Moses listened to the voice of his father-in-law and did all that he had said. Moses chose able men out of all Israel and made them heads over the people, chiefs of thousands, of hundreds, of fifties, and of tens. And they judged the people at all times. Any hard case they brought to Moses, but any small matter, they decided themselves. They had a problem. I, I think the problem in this case is like Moses is on the verge of losing it. Like he, he's on the verge of, he is, he's worn thin. He's on the verge of losing it. He's on the verge of giving up. He's on the verge, he is. If you look into this, he's on the verge of cracking and his father-in-law's like, whoa, 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 hey, come here, come here. Everyone else, clear, I need the room. I need just my son-in-law and me. There was a problem. The solution, look for and choose able God-fearing, God-honoring, God-loving people that, that can help carry the burden with you. The result? I'm pleased to say that Moses did not lose his mind. He didn't lose it. He didn't quit. He didn't go off the deep ends. There was peace. There was structure. It pleased everyone. People went home with peace after having others, captains to to just help rule and guide and pray and minister. That's the result. That's the result of trusting God. That's the result of when the Lord says, listen, just like his father-in-law said, listen. If you'll listen, if you'll do what I say, the result of doing what the Lord says is goodness. The result of doing what the Lord says is goodness. The result of doing what the Lord says is goodness. We're just way too self-dependent, self-centered, self-serving, self-whatever. There's just too much self. Maybe not enough self-sacrifice and saying, Lord, I, I trust you, I, I obey you. All right, uh, example numero tres. In Numbers 11, I want to read 11 through 17. I'll I'll give us a second. Give you folks at home a second. Numbers, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, chapter 11. Verse 11 says this. Moses said to the Lord with incredible audacity, by the way, with unbelievable audacity, Moses says to the Lord, Why have you dealt ill with your servant? And why have I not found favor in your sight that you lay the burden of all this people on me? Foreshadowing coming up, so pay attention. Foreshadowing on its way. You ready? Did I conceive all this people? Did I give them birth that you should say to me, carry them in your bosom as a nurse carries a nursing child to the land that you swore to give their fathers? Where am I to get meat to give to all this people? For they weep before me and say, give us meat that we may eat. 
I was so tempted to rhyme right there. I was just going to carry it. That would be so complete. Follow the beat. Uh, but I'm not going to do that. I, I know I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to do that. It's like, it's like, like that was less rap and more Dr. Seuss. Okay, just so we're clear. Yeah, you guys are like, yeah, tell me something I don't know. I am not able to carry all this people alone. The burden is too heavy for me. If you will treat me like this, kill me at once. If I find favor in your sight, that I may see, that I may not see my wretchedness. Then the Lord said to Moses, before I get to what the Lord said to Moses, what would you have said to Moses? Uh, Dramatic much? Really, Moses? Uh, haven't, haven't we been here before, mighty man of God? I mean, that those, those might have been some of our responses. Here's what the Lord says. Listen, solution. Gather for me 70 men. Gather for me. God says, gather for me. Not gather for you. God's solution is, I'm going to strengthen my people. I'm going to strengthen my church. He says, gather for me. Seventy men of the leaders of Israel, whom you know to be recognized as the leaders of the people and officers over them. And bring them to the tent meeting and let them take their stand there with you. And I will come down and talk with you there. I will join you. You'll be in my presence. I'll sit with you. I'll, I'll bring you peace. I'll tend to your heart. I'll come to you. That's our God's response. And I will come down and talk with you there. And I will take some of the spirit that is on you and I will put it on them. And they shall bear the burden of the people with you so that you may not bear it yourself alone. The problem, once again, and just let this encourage you guys, because sometimes we're all the same way going, Lord, am I ever going to grow? Am I ever going to grow up, Lord? Am I going to keep taking a lap around this hill again? Here, here it is again. I find myself again, exhausted, ready to give up, whining, indignant, audacious. I, Lord, I was just here, and now I'm here again. You provided for me, and I've already forgotten. I mean, I just want to encourage you guys, even Moses, who is revered as a hero in the faith, Even he didn't get it right the first time. So have grace for each other. Sorry, have grace for yourself. Have grace for yourself and just keep running to the Lord. The problem, the solution again, gather men. Gather leaders. Grab proven leaders, recognized leaders. And then here's what's cool. He says, give them authority. Give them authority. You don't want to make every little decision? Give them authority. You don't, you don't want to have to rule on every little topic? Give them authority. 
trust the people that I've surrounded you with. Give them authority. And then he says this. You're going to lay hands on them. And when you do, I'm going to take some of that, that anointing that I've given you. And don't worry, you're never going to be... You're never going to lack. You're not even going to miss it. You're not going to miss it. Don't think about yourself. It's bigger than you. I'm going to take anointing that I put upon you, and it's going to overflow. And I'm going to impart them with this burden-carrying anointing. I'm going to put something supernatural upon them. I'm going to gift them them with, with supernatural things. And... And you're going to see a difference. Sound good? Moses said, yes, sounds good. You see this pattern? You see the problems? Problems ain't going away. Let's personalize this now. Let's take this out of the realm of deacons and let's personalize this. Problems ain't going away. If they go away, new ones are coming. Either you're dealing with a problem right now, you just got done finished dealing with a problem right now, or you've got a problem you've got to deal with here coming up. That's life. That's life. We face problems. We can whine as long as we go to God. That's the message. We can whine about it. We can be audacious. We can vent we can even, I mean, I mean, we can even act a little immature and a little self-centered as long as we go to God and listen to what he says. As long as we go to God and we obey what he says. Do you see this? I mean, I just read it out there for you. There's three prime examples. As long as we go to God because he's got a solution for us. Now, in this case, the solution is deacons. But I'm letting you know that... that uh, if you're not down in the lane, you need to know what you take home in this message and what is being spoken to you. And I'm telling you right now, when we have problems, we run to Jesus and we let him speak solution over us. And then we look for the results. And then we thank God for the results. Because our God is good. Don't look at the problem and think our God is not good because you've got a problem. Look at the problem and say, okay, i got a problem. That's life. Now I'm going to run to Jesus because he's got a solution for me. I love, just from a pastoral standpoint, this, this story says that they're going to bear the burden with you. They're going to bury the heavy burden with you. I'm going to give them anointing to do it. It's not just because they're super strong. I'm going, to, I'm going to take some of the cool stuff I've given you and I'm going to give it to them. And supernaturally, there's going to be a strengthening. I'm going to do that, says the Lord. Love that. So a church has to have elders. A church has to have pastors. But I'm telling you, when we look in Scripture, a church doesn't necessarily have to have deacons. But I'll tell you this. When there's a problem in the church, you have to have deacons because that's God's scriptural solution to those problems. When you've got problems in the church, you want deacons. You want them there because it's God's solution. Deacons are a part of the solution that God ordains when there is a specific problem in the church. 
right about now, some people are going, what's the problem in the church? What's the problem in the church? I'll get there. Hold on. So I'll say right now, this line doesn't apply like tangibly at this moment, but I think it's always a threat. If the elders are in danger of being distracted or burnt out, then deacons are needed. And that, even if we're not facing that, like right now, I'm telling you, that is always a threat. That is always a tactic of the enemy. So I'm letting you know, that's God's solution. Because deacons, they help administrate the life of the church in problem-solving work, problem-solving ministry, and problem-solving service. And I hope you didn't get hung up on the one word of work. And I hope if you did get hung up on the one word of work, that you will look bigger and think of what is the work of the Lord. What is the work God has called every saint to do? And we'll get there as well. Plain and simple, deacons are the support team to help keep order and life in the church. The function and the office of a deacon exists to help the leadership of the church by relieving the elders of distractions, by relieving the elders of pressures that would divert them from the ministry of the word and prayer and the general visionary oversight of the church. Isn't that a beautiful thing? Isn't that a beautiful solution of our God? Diakonos. That's the word. Diakonos. Servant minister. Deacons of the church. Not just deacons in the church. Deacons of the church. It is a, it is a function. It is a scriptural function and office. Other than what I just kind of shared the last couple sentences, there is no other set job description. Did you know that? I challenge you, Google or whatever Bing or whatever search engine you use, Safari, whatever, whatever. Uh, look at like like duties of a deacon, and you know what you'll get? Like a crickets emoji. Cricket, chirp, 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 crickets. That's it. What are what are what are, what's, the, what's the job description? What are the responsibilities? What are the... I want you guys to, to hear this right now, that there is authority that in, in a moment we're going to call up Don Elaine and, and praying over them, the eldership of this church, we, we will be giving them authority to lead, to carry the burden in, in an anointing that's beyond man's strength, their strength. First Thessalonians 2 shows this beautiful, beautiful picture of how we are to lead, how we are to serve, and how we are to minister to people. I want to read, so First Thessalonians 2, verse 1, and then I'm going to jump down to verse 7. Verse 1 says, For you yourselves know, brothers, that our coming to you was not in vain. And what Paul's saying is, hey, it's, it's real clear that our ministry among you has been fruitful. Okay, this is really clear. You know, way to go. And, and also, just so you know, I mean, we've, our ministry with you, it's bearing fruit. We're seeing it. Pay attention now because we're about to see the payoff of that foreshadowing, okay? Foreshadowing was earlier. Now we're going to see the payoff of that. Verse 7 Paul speaking, he says, but we were gentle among you like a nursing mother 
taking care of her own children. So being affectionately desirous of you, we were ready to share with you not only the gospel of God, but also of ourselves because you had become very dear to us. Remember earlier when Moses was complaining and he uses a very similar analogy. What, am I supposed to carry these babies like I'm their mama? And Paul says, we were gentle with you. In our ministry to you, we were gentle with you like a mother. We were selfless with you like a mother. We were generous with you like a mother. I want you to know that female leadership is needed in the church. Female influence is needed in the church. Paul isn't saying the women responded this way. Paul's saying we, team, we ministered in this way. I'm telling you, he had some godly women in his life that taught him how to minister as a mother. Did you hear that? He had some godly women in his life who taught him how to minister with a selfless love and affection that men, that maybe didn't come naturally to most men. He learned that. Next verse, for you remember, brothers, our labor and toil. We worked day and night. Actually, it says night and day. Night and day, that we might not be a burden to any of you while we proclaim to you the gospel of God. You are witnesses, and God also. How holy and righteous and blameless was our conduct toward you believers. Now check this out. For you know how, like a, what's that next word? Like a father. For you know how, like a father with his children, we exhorted each one of you and encouraged you and charged you and challenged you and sharpened you and were bold with you to walk in a manner worthy of God who calls you into his own kingdom and glory. And we also thank God constantly for this. And we also thank God constantly for this, that when you received the word of God, which you heard from us, you accepted it not as the word of men, but as what it really is, the word of God, which is at work in you believers. We need to operate with, with traits of a mother. We need to operate with traits of a father. And we need godly mothers and we need godly fathers. And I'm here to, to, to say I'll rave about them. I can absolutely rave about them because this is a couple that would never rave about themselves. That Donnie Lane are a father and a mother in this house and they both know how to, to speak with both of these wonderful traits because these are traits of God. God within him has both the feminine and the masculine. Even though he's a he, even though he's a father, he has those within him and he puts them within us. And this is how we are to minister. We lead and we serve and we minister with the gentleness, affection, and selflessness of a loving mother. We learn this from the actions of godly mothers. So I'm I'm truly thankful. I, I think we're all truly thankful for the godly mothers in this house. 
for the godly women in this house who might not even be a, a mother in the natural sense, but you still provide godly mothering to us. We lead, we serve, and we minister with the strength, encouragement, and boldness of a loving Father. With boldness, with seriousness, but with love, with affection. And how do we do this? We learn from the actions of godly fathers. So whether you you have kids or not, I want you to know that we have godly fathers that father us, that point us to Christ, perfectly representing the heart of our perfect father. We work, we toil, and we labor. We proclaim the gospel of God, Jesus Christ. We live lives of gratitude and prayer through time in God's presence. I'm pointing out this amazing passage today, first of all, because it's amazing. That, that passage that I just read from you, from uh, 1 Thessalonians 2, 7 through 13, it's amazing. But it also, it just reminds me of Don and Elaine. The Lord brought this to my heart because it, remind, reminds, it reminds me of why the Lord has highlighted them to our eldership team and said, pick them. Choose from among you. We get to choose. I love that. I'm just letting you know, I love that. We get to choose. A problem, a solution, a result. So I've talked, I've jumped ahead to the solution. The solution is they're going to be joining this church as deacons. They're going to be set in as deacons. That's the solution. I've talked about the results. Our mind kind of wanders to what the the result is going to be. Health, freedom, maturity, multiplication. So what's the problem? The problem is this. We're not yet the we're not yet the praying church that God wants us to be. We're just not there yet. We're still growing. Our hearts in the right place. We just have to mature. We're just not there. We're not the, the people of prayer that God wants us to be yet. We value prayer but we don't value prayer. We don't treasure it and hold on to it like it is. We'd be foolish to relinquish it. So what God has done is he has highlighted a couple that loves to pray, loves to pray, prays all the time, loves to tell you they're praying for you, loves to tell you they're going to pray for you, then they pray for you, and then they love to tell you what they prayed for you and what God said about you when they were praying. And if you think I'm kidding, I'm not. I want to read something to you. I just want to read part of it. This is earlier this month. I got an email from Elaine because we had asked her to pray over our young people. And she said, before service this past Sunday, I was going through the list of names to pray for. And I felt like that I was to have a scripture to pray for each name. These are those scriptures. If you know of anyone that I need to add, please, would you please let me know? It gave me great joy to do this. I am pleased to be able to use these as I pray. That's the email I got from Elaine. So, the top of this list was Kim Ainsworth. Kim, I know you're you're logged in right now. Kim Ainsworth. And then here's the scripture that the Lord gave Elaine for you, and she prayed it over you. Lord, I will worship you 
with extended hands as my whole heart explodes with praise. I will tell everyone everywhere about your wonderful works and how your marvelous miracles exceed expectations. Psalms 9-1. Brandon and Faith, she prayed over you. Psalm 37-26, instead, I found the godly ones to be the generous ones who I get, who give freely to others. Their children are blessed and become a blessing. This is what they prayed over you. Anthony and Christine. Psalm 112.8. Steady and strong. They will not be afraid. But will calmly face their every foe until they all go down in defeat. That's what she prayed over you. Your names are all listed here. Thank God, our God has a solution. Thank God, our God will bring about results. I am thrilled. We are thrilled. I'm telling you as a pastoral team, we are thrilled to know that we are closer than ever of being the praying church that God wants us to do because he has put his solution in place. We have listened to him. We have said yes to him and love of God's people and prayer. You want to know why the Lord has highlighted them and called them to be deacons? Love and prayer. How awesome is our God? I feel like this is a really good place to clap. I feel like this is a really good place to shout, to, to honor our God, to recognize Him. So here's what we're going to do. Um, Andy, Kim, and Kara, I want y'all come on up. Um, we're going to kind of, kind of do like beast camp right here at the the, the foot here. Um, I'll come down to y'all. Um, we're going to, uh, we're going to pray over Donnie Lane. We're going to prophesy. We're going to just respond to whatever the lead, the, the Lord leads us in. Um, so I guess uh, I'll turn to y'all now um, before we call them up. Um, anybody have anything they want to share or the Lord has spoken anything prophetically that you want to speak forth now before we start? We love this couple so much. We've known Don and Elaine. So yeah, 24, do the math, I don't know. I I always say I don't do math on the weekends, so it's been a long time. We love you guys, we appreciate you, your wisdom, your depth, your character. You guys, leadership is more about character than it is about anointing. And these two, it runs deep, they are full of character. They love God, and they love his church, his bride, and they love you. I love Don this morning when we asked him to pray over the kids. He wasn't like, okay, and just like he asked the Lord, what do you want to say? That's the connection. And I do feel like setting them in as deacons is is sending us to new things. God is using it to, to propel us and to launch us. So we love you. I'm so excited. Yeah, I, I so love and appreciate you guys and just your heart for for everyone. 
not even just our church, but just for everyone in general. Um, guys, this, like Mark just shared, the, the prayers and stuff, that's, that's not like a one-off thing. Don and Elaine do this all the time. They pray over our entire church all the time, and they always have. And I love that. I love that. Um, you know, they're only with us part of the year, and, and they're a huge blessing while they're with us. But guys, they're a blessing when they're not here because they continue to pray over this church, over us as leaders, over each individual person. It's just invaluable. And I just can't thank you enough for that. I just love you guys so much and love your heart for everyone. All right. Um, anybody, anybody need hand sanitizer? Because we're going to lay hands on them, and we just want to be socially responsible. All right. Why don't you guys come on up? like a coconut kind of like a coconut scent to it yeah it's lovely it's lovely all right why don't y'all um why don't y'all turn and face the church and uh and do you guys have anything that you just you know want to say before we we pray and set you guys in <laughs> you should never give me a mic i just want to tell you that although they've said we're only here part of the year that the part we are here has meant so much to us it means so much to be with you guys and although it might be this time it was only two months which was horrible um normally it's four months and those four months are just so special to us each and every one of you is so much our family here and so we do take you with us when we go to arizona love you guys All right, uh, guys, I'll pray and just grab the, the mic from me if, if, uh, if you need the mic. Um, in the name of Jesus, Lord, with the fullness of your authority and with complete faith, Lord God, of your solution, we lay hands upon this couple right now. We lay hands upon this man upon this woman and we set them in as deacons in this house in the name of Jesus we just proclaim the anointing of God upon you generously given from your father to help carry the burden for his people for his church we just speak right now the, the fullness Lord God of of your gifts, your strength, your anointing, of everything, Lord, that you know that they will need. And then we, we as elders, we give you authority. We give you authority to to rule over, over the matters that people come to you with and to point them to Jesus, knowing that you are backed, that you are supported, and that you walk in authority. We right now praise you, Lord God, for that delegated authority. Lord, just as we have been given authority, we give authority. We proclaim it right now. Lord, we, we give you praise, Lord, that we believe that, that you're a problem-solving God. And, and so, Lord, we don't know what other things may arise, but we do know, Lord, that you are meeting a solution for the problem, Lord, of, of prayer. And you are making us into a people of prayer. And we give you praise, Lord. Lord, we pray additional strength, additional wisdom. Lord, I thank you that this is already a man and a woman full of wisdom and full of the Spirit of God who fear you, who love your people. So we speak blessing right now in the name of Jesus. 
we anoint and declare and set you in to the scriptural function and office as deacon, as deaconess. Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Church, let's just kind of stretch our hands forward right now. Let's just pause for a second and see if the Lord wants to speak anything um, prophetically. I'm going to give an opportunity for our elders to respond first, and then, church, if you feel like you have something, then come on up here and we'll hand you the mic as well. the Lord rolling out the red carpet and you're like no no let somebody else go we're not worthy and he says yes you're my kids you're my son you're my daughter you are mine and he just delights in you he treasures you and he sees you as favorites he sees you first he's chosen you The Lord's just showing me that as you um, go forward as deacons, that there's just going to be an ease, just an ease because, uh, and the reason for that ease is because of just the wisdom that he's planted within you and that you don't rely on your own wisdom, that you that you trust him, that you rely on him so that there's just this ease as you go about that. You know, that it reminds me of uh, the scripture that says, you know, my, my burden is easy. You know, take my yoke upon you and you've done that. So as you do that, just as you um, are problem solving or whatever it is, in in whatever way you're affecting, whatever there might be, um, that there's just going to be an ease. And I just love that. I can just see you guys just just nonchalantly, oh, this or that, or the Lord says this, and just um, resolution coming with ease. So Father, I just thank you for that, Lord. I thank you for the ease of the burden, Father, that... Uh, you do the heavy lifting, Father God, but I thank you that their heart is to say yes to you, Lord. I thank you for their servants' hearts to just serve you, Father, in this capacity. Just uh, anoint them, Father, and bless them. Thank you, Lord. All right. Um, anybody else have uh, a word for them, a scripture for them, a prayer? for them um, come up now or forever like don't so um, I feel like during service he highlighted um, Psalm 63 so I'm going to read it and then share what I feel like he was saying about it oh God you are my God I could just pause right there I feel like he's like I see that you've made that the center of your life oh God you are my God amen earnestly I seek you my soul thirsts for you my body longs for you in a dry in a weary land where there's no water amen yeah you know it I have seen you in the sanctuary and beheld your power and your glory 
because your love is better than life, my lips will glorify you. And I will praise you as long as I live. And you know what I see? I see the Father looking at you like, I see that you have made that the cry of your heart. You have made that like the center of your life. My lips will glorify you. You are my God. You are the center. That's why there's ease. That's why. Because you said, I choose you every day. And you love to do it. It's not like an obligation for you. You love him. You love him with all of your heart. And you wake up and you long for him. (laughs) And he's so pleased with that. And he's like, you're an example of my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Can I pray over you? Is that okay? Yeah. Father, your delight is in them. You see them, you know them, and they know you. And from that, from that, they hear you, they hear the will of the Father. And I just pray for increase. Increase in the name of Jesus. Increase in every way. Increase in hearing. Increase in seeing. I feel like you're about to see new dimensions. New dimensions. And it's like you've heard these little whispers like, well, (laughs) you've seen enough. The Lord's like, "Mm -mm." no, there's always more. There's always more and you're about to see it. You're about to see, you're about to hear, you're about to touch. Where he says, oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Your senses are about to increase. We just seal this in the name of Jesus. Amen. I just kept getting the word blessed. And it brought me to Matthew 5. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they should be called sons of God. That whole scripture is blessed, 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 blessed. Praise the Lord. Um, anyone else? I know we, after the service you can still come up and give a word, but kind of the last call. Anybody? All right. It, it, I encourage everybody to, to embrace them, to love on them, to share, to speak anything the Lord has, just to encourage them in any way. Um, so excited. This is such an exciting day. Yeah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord.